0: A reading from Romans, chapter 12, verses one through five. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Thank you, John David. How are we doing this morning, church? I'm tired, Steve. Thanks for asking. Long drive home yesterday, but happy to be back. Church, what are you responsible for? Let's consider our day-to-day responsibilities, the, the areas in, in our lives that we have. What, what are some of the things that you're responsible for? over. Are you responsible for kids? Maybe you're a parent or a grandparent or a teacher. Are you responsible for money? Maybe you work in finance or you manage the budget in, in your family. Are you responsible to an employer or to your work? Are you responsible to a hobby that you like to keep up? How does it feel when we pause, and we think about everything that we're responsible for. Is it ever stressful? The things in our life, the, the castles that we like to build ourselves sometimes, they can often weigh us down. And many times, these responsibilities can come from good things, even like our own family, or are in all-been-in-a-ministry. And when we look at all that we have on our plate, all, all the things that we're responsible for, all the things that we have to take care of, and then we see, oh, you know, a, a church email or something in the bulletin where someone needs help, we might be a little quick to say no. Did you know that as a Christian, you have a responsibility to others? But did you also know that that responsibility, that responsibility, Urdin is less work than you think. We aren't always able to say yes, but the next time that you say no to putting someone else's needs before your own, I hope you think about what you might be missing out on. Because you were too focused on your own garden, you weren't able to help with someone else's. Putting others is less work than you might think. The yoke of being a servant, the yoke of imitating Jesus. Is light. It's the yokes that we put on ourselves. It's the responsibilities that we create for ourselves. Those are the ones that are heavy, because we are the savior of those. This month in our preaching, we've been painting this picture of what it means to be part of a church, what it, really what it means to be a Christian, thinking about our faith, not just what it means for me in God, but what it means for us in God. Our world has become very individually focused, and I I hope that can't be said of us, that we are a people that like to look out for ourselves. Over the past three weeks, we've jumped around Paul's letters to the churches to see his continual emphasis on Christian community, on responsibility to each other, the blessings that we get from one another, and the encouragement and support that we need from one another. And this morning, once again, we'll see That Christians have a responsibility not just for themselves and not just for their own faith, but they have a responsibility to each other. It's not just you against the world, it's it's us against the world. What we'll see this morning is that the blessings that come from putting others first are far beyond the blessings of any castle that you could ever build for yourself in your own life. But getting those blessings. From serving others is not why you're gonna put others first. There's a much more important reason. If you'll remember our passage in Romans twelve that we keep coming back to, Paul is describing how all Christians, by the grace of God, having different different gifts, are a part of the body of Christ. This body, each with different members, they're not just members of the body of Christ, but they're also members to one another. There are a lot of things that are optional in life, but this is not one of them, if you're a Christian. Being a follower of Christ means that you are a part of of the body. And if you choose not to be a part of the body, if you choose not to exercise those gifts to participate in those responsibilities, you're not just hurting others, but you're hurting yourself. What I hope that we've seen so far this month is that this responsibility that we have— I have this responsibility. You have this responsibility. We have this responsibility to put each other first. Putting others first means putting we over me. And it's something that we have to do together. Let's look back at Romans 12 once again, where we started a few weeks ago, starting in verse 9. Let love be genuine and abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. There's this whole category in biblical studies that just focuses on on the church, what it is, and how it should function. You might know that it's called uh, ecclesiology. From the word uh, uh, ecclesia. And there are a lot of different places in scripture that people will go to to talk about the church. A lot of them are found in Acts, where we have in all this year. Romans chapter 12 is one of these foundational sections on church. And before we consider it, are reading this morning, I want to point out something that strikes me as a little odd. If you're reading along with me in your Bible, well, if if you're not, I strongly encourage you to. There's something to be said about the value of holding God's Word in your hands and becoming familiar with it on your own. It's not something that I'll be able to get into right now, but maybe in 2023. But if you're reading along in your Bible— I want you to look at this section heading uh, in Romans chapter 12 at the beginning of verse 9. In my Bible, reading from the ESV, and I think it's in other common versions as well, it might say something to the effect of marks of the true Christian. Does anybody have something similar? Marks of the true Christian? Now let's think about what we've been talking about this month, and how we've been thinking about we— and not me, can you see how that section heading might not do this scripture reading justice? Marks of the true Christian. Because the scripture, this scripture that we just read, it's not about me. If I do these things, then I'll be a true Christian. The scripture is about we. If we are doing this, it's because we're true Christians. This section might be better titled, Marks of the True Church, because the church is going to have genuine love. It's going to abhor evil. The church is going to hold fast to what is good. The people in the church are going to be known how they put others first and how they outdo one another in love. That's what the true church is going to look like. That's how the people of God are going to live like. But remember, the church is not a place. The church is a people. And in order for the church to do these things, in order for the church to be, to exemplify this true church image, the church needs you in order to function. The church needs people who are serving the Lord, who are appropriately responding to the gospel. And when they do, when you do, you will be the type of person that's described here in Romans chapter 12. And these things listed here aren't just things that other people are going to do for you. Other people are going to outdo you in love, but there are things that you're going to do for other people. If the Holy Spirit dwells within you, the Holy Spirit that we receive when we first become Christians. Paul continues in Romans chapter 12 with a further description of what this Christian community, this true church, is going to look like. He says in verse 14, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and reap with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one for evil, but give, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all, if possible, so far as it depends on you. But live peaceably with all. Again, these things that Paul is describing about true Christians, about marks of the, the true church, these aren't things that you're going to get from the church. These are things that you're going to be asked to give if you're a part of the church, and if you're a Christian, then you are. The church's responsibilities are your responsibilities. We have to stop thinking about, and this is something that I can certainly do from time to time, we have to stop thinking about things that we read in Scripture and thinking other people are going to do those things. Other people will take care of that. Other people will share the message there. Other people Will, will worry about that. This isn't just true in scripture. It's not even just true in our m- ministries here at church that someone else is going to take care of it. Listen, we'd love to get you involved in one of the many ways that we are sharing Jesus and uh, serving others as a church. But our responsibilities as Christians is not just for ministry. We also have responsibilities for Christian living. We have responsibilities to Christian community. We have a responsibility for things like hospitality, a responsibility for rejoicing and for weeping with our brothers and sisters. You have a responsibility to do that for others, not just because you want them to turn around and do it for you, but because they have the Holy Spirit within them and you have the Holy Spirit within you. You remember a, a couple weeks ago, we, we t- talked about plural verbs and singular verbs All these verbs here in our reading this morning are to a group of people, and they're plural. All of the the verbs in our first reading as well are plural too, because they're not about me, they're about the church. You all bless, you all rejoice, you all live in harmony with one another. You still hear that we focus that Paul has here. That the church should look like a community of people that are putting others first. It can be easy to read a verse like this, like I mentioned a moment ago, and think, I wish that she would try to live in harmony better. Or maybe we might think, well, he's not peaceable. Did you see what he posted on Facebook? I wonder if he's read Romans chapter 12. The truth is, they might have read Romans chapter 12, and you might have read it too but when we understand it as, here's what I ought to be getting from my brothers and my sisters in Christ. We're missing the point. Because if we are true Christians, you don't rejoice with others because they rejoice with you. You don't live peaceably with others because they are peacemakers. The only reason that you do any of these things, and really the only reason that we do anything here as a a body of believers, is because Jesus gave everything for us. He didn't give it for you. He didn't give it for me. Jesus gave it for us, for all of the world. And since Jesus put others first by lowering himself, we are going to be a people who put others first as well. Even if that means lowering yourself to someone who is not a peacemaker. Even if that means rejoicing with a brother or a sister who is actively rooting against you. If they aren't returning love, don't point fingers, don't judge, and definitely do not let up. Instead, like we read last week, examine yourself to make sure that Jesus is in you. And if Jesus is in you, if you are a true Christian, then continue to submit to others. Continue to put others first. This brings us back to some of the things that we've been thinking about for several months now. Why are you a Christian? What do you want to get out of your relationship with God? What do you want to get out of church? There have been many people over the last few years, and I'm n- 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 not talking about ch- 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 just here at this church, I'm I'm talking about in churches across the world. People are leaving churches to go to a new one, or m- maybe they're leaving church altogether because they aren't getting what they wanted out of church. My first question would be, well, what are you putting into it? But that doesn't mean if you sign up for every collection and every drive, if you volunteer with every ministry, if you do everything, you give all your time to the church, then you'll feel closer to God. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, if you aren't giving your heart, If you aren't giving your life to God outside of these doors, why do you think you would get something when you come in these doors? That's especially true when it comes to Christian community. If you don't feel like you have a place. First, if you don't feel like you have a place in this body of believers, I I hope you would let us know. We would love to get you involved and plugged in in a place where you can use your gifts For the glory of God. But if you feel like you don't have a place, have you tried making one? You could wait around for someone to do some of these things for you, but if we're going to put we over me, we aren't here at this church because we want to get something. We're here because we want to give Jesus all that we can. And that's not just around church, that's giving Him our lives. The saying is true you reap what you sow when it comes to where your heart is, where your treasure will be. But even if you are sowing and sowing and sowing into lives of others, and it never seems like you reap anything, I promise you it's still worth it. Because that's what Jesus has done for you. He's given up equality with God. Something that he didn't think could be grasped. Because the church isn't about us. It's about what God and what Jesus has done for us and how we as a people are responding to him. When it comes to physical and emotional fulfillment in the church, you get what you give, usually, it seems, but spiritually and much more important, all thanks be to God, we don't get what we deserve. That we don't reap what we sow. When we inevitably don't give enough, when we inevitably fall short, when our priorities are inevitably out of place, when we inevitably serve our fleshly masters and our worldly responsibilities instead of God, thanks be to God, we don't get what we deserve. When we continue to go after idols in this world and worldly living, and we continue to place our trust in our governments and our earthly chariots, thanks be to God, we don't get what we deserve thanks be to god we do not get what we deserve for being such poor servants it often seems you think you're something you're not that's what it said in galatians 6 and that's what it said earlier in romans 12 when we start to convince ourselves that we are someone who's worthy of something that's when we might start to forget that we are not worthy of what jesus did for us And because we don't reap what we sow, we should aim to continually be, to continually have a posture of humility and servitude towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. This only happens in community. It only happens if the community is holding fast to what is good together, if we are zealous for the Holy Spirit together, if we're patient and hopeful for the kingdom of God together. In Romans chapter 12, where we've been on and off all month, it's it's really a popular chapter in Scripture, not and, and because of what we've read so far in our our sermons, but because of what we haven't haven't read just yet. The beginning of the chapter in verse one: I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, and, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, and that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Even though the world behaves one way, we are not the world. We are the church. We are the people of God. We are temples of the Holy Spirit because these things are true about us, we ought to elevate we over me every time. Presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. These verbs here, too, are plural. It's something we're all going to do together. Because of the mercy that you have received from Jesus that you didn't deserve, we are going to celebrate the will of God in our brothers' and sisters' lives. The Spring Road Church of Christ needs a we-first atmosphere, and we're not going to get it by looking across the pew or around the hall and thinking, I wonder when they're going to do more. I wonder when they're going to get more involved. Community happens when you invest in it. Christian community happens when you put others above yourself to stir up the Holy Spirit in them, not yourself. The church is established by Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit to be God's people, and it will never fail. And when it seems like it has, that's because we have failed it. That's when we have failed our Lord. And when we do fail, and when we aren't enough, thanks be to God, we don't get what we deserve still every day, I invite us all to move towards sanctification, to move towards becoming more and more like the, God, like the people that God created us to be. If you have not yet become a Christian, you need to know that you deserve death because of the sin that's in your life. The wages of sin, the things that we do that violate God's law for humanity, that violate trust, that violate our community, they wound our hearts and they separate us Not just from God today, but from God eternally. And Jesus, the Son of God, gave up himself so that you don't have to bear that weight anymore. All you have to do is believe and be baptized and turn towards him. And when you do, you will receive the breath and the life of the Holy Spirit. Not just to be justified for your sins, but to be sanctified, becoming more like God every day. If you are a Christian and your faith has become more about me over we, I invite you to consider doing one thing. Humble yourself and confess to each other that I can't do this on my own. We need each other. When we begin to lower ourselves and put one another first, invite one another in, the Holy Spirit will be stirred up within our community and we will become to look like the uh, the people that God has called us to be. But you get what you give. What are you holding back? What, are you, what part of your life are you keeping from God? If you have any need, whether it's here in person or on Facebook, we say this every week, but I really hope you'll make it known, if not here as we sing the song, to someone in the pew with you, or to one of our elders, or uh, adding one of our ministers O later this week. Because we need each other. We need to tell each other God has invited us into community, into community with him, into community with Jesus, into community with the Holy Spirit, and with each other, all who call on the name of Jesus as Lord. Are you going to accept that invitation this morning? Or will you continue to look at the responsibilities on your plate and say, not right now. Invite you to give your whole life to Jesus this morning. If you have any need, won't you make it known as we stand and sing this song?